Hello, and welcome to the True Seekers Podcast. Today's episode is part of our Praying the Bible series. Each month, we read a verse from the Bible and learn how to pray it back to God. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to those of you who sent in your answers to July's Bible Quiz Challenge. I want to say hi to Casey, Nyla, Tyler, Cohen, Matthias, Carla, and Aiden. Well done, you guys. Congratulations. Thank you for sending those in. And if you didn't get a chance to send in your answers this month, don't worry. We're going to do it again at the end of August. So be sure to listen for that. All right. Well, have you ever struggled with knowing what to say to God when you pray? Sometimes we don't always know how to pray or what to pray when we're talking to God. The good news is that God has given us the Bible, and the Bible is filled with all kinds of truths that we can pray back to God. When we are at a loss and don't know how or what to pray, we can turn to the Bible to give us truths that we can stand on and believe in when we pray to God. Today, I'm going to show you how we can pray the Bible. Before we start, I'd also like to remind you and your parents that I have created downloadable prayer guides for each of the Praying the Bible episodes. You can download the guides and they are free and available through my website. You can sign up at SherilynRGrant.com under the sign up for prayer guides. And there, once you sign up, you'll be on the email list to receive those monthly prayer guides. Well, today's passage from the Bible comes from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Colossians is a book of the Bible in the New Testament. It is a letter that was written by a man named Paul who wrote to a church in the city of Colossae. The people at the church in Colossae were known as the Colossians. Can you say Colossians? Paul writes to the Colossians to warn them. What did he have to warn them about, you ask? Well, there were false teachers coming into the church and teaching the people at Colossae things that were not true. Paul was worried that the Colossians might believe the false teachers, and he wanted to make sure they knew the truth. You see, the false teachers were teaching the people that Jesus was not really God. They were teaching the Colossians that Jesus was not needed to be saved. Well, this was an emergency to Paul. He had spent much time traveling and preaching the good news that Jesus had come and died on the cross and risen again to save us. He was not about to let these false teachers spread their lies. So, Paul encouraged the Colossians to remember Jesus as Lord, as King, and as supreme over all. Let's read a little bit of what he wrote to the Colossians. Colossians 1, 15 through 23 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now before we pray, I want you to think for a moment about what you just heard. Paul says in verse 15 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. What does it mean that Jesus is the image of the invisible God? Well, let me give you an example to help you understand. Have you ever used a stamp? Aren't stamps fun? Usually a stamp is made of rubber and it has a picture or an image of something carved into it. When the stamp is pressed in ink, the ink covers the image and when pressed on a piece of paper, that image is transferred onto the piece of paper. For example, if you have a stamp that is in the shape of a heart, when you press the heart stamp in ink and then press it on the paper, you will see the image of the heart in ink on the paper. The same picture or image that was on the stamp is now in ink on the paper. Jesus is the image of God. Just like the image of the heart on the piece of paper reflects the image on the stamp, so Jesus reflects God. He shows us what God is like. When Jesus came to earth, everything he said and everything he did shows us what God is like. If you want to know more about God, look to Jesus. You can study the life of Jesus in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The more you know about Jesus, the more you know about God. This is good news. It means we don't have to wonder what God is like. We can know what he is like by learning from Jesus. When Jesus said that he is like a good shepherd, that means God is like a good shepherd. When Jesus was loving and compassionate to those who were hurting and suffering, it means that God is loving and compassionate to those who are hurting and suffering. When Jesus condemned sin, and sinful behavior, it means God condemns sin and sinful behavior. Jesus came to earth to give his life for our sins, to take our sins upon him. That is the truest form of love, and that is what God is. He is love. Next, I want you to think about how Paul says that once we were alienated from God. That is a big word. It sounds a lot like the word alien, doesn't it? Well, the word alien means something foreign or strange or from another place or country. When we use the word alienated, it means to be far away from or isolated or separated from God. When Paul says we were once alienated from God, he means we were once separated from God. How, you ask? By our sin. Sin keeps us from God. The punishment for sin 
is death. Can you imagine being forever separated from God? I don't even want to think about that. What a horrible thing to imagine. There was no way we could get back to God on our own. There was nothing we could do to become close to God in our own strength. This is why Jesus had to come. Jesus was the only way we could get back to God and not be alienated from Him. Jesus took our sin. He paid the price. He died in our place. Our sin was placed on Jesus and now we have His righteousness. Can you picture Jesus going before His Father in heaven and bringing you with Him? I can just picture Jesus standing before the Father, bringing me with Him, saying, Here is your daughter. She has been made holy. There are no more blemishes upon her. She is free from guilt and accusation. I have made her clean. I have placed my spirit in her, and her spirit is clean. Now she can enter into your presence. Doesn't that just sound amazing? Now we can come to God and talk to Him all day. Any day, night or day, we can talk to God and never be separated from Him. Lastly, I want us to think about how Paul encourages us to continue in our faith. This is very important. Faith is believing in what we don't see. We must continue to believe and put our faith in Jesus, even when we can't see Him. Faith says, I believe that Jesus is real, even though I cannot see Him. We must hold to our faith in God's Word as truth. There are many false teachers still teaching lies today, just like there were in Colossae during Paul's lifetime. We must be careful to only believe what the Bible teaches is true. The Bible teaches that Jesus is the only way to enter into God's presence. It's only through Jesus that we can be made right before God. As we put our faith in Jesus, He is the one who saves us and redeems us. I know sometimes it's hard because we can't see Him, but one day we will. We are looking forward to the day when Jesus will return for us. Will there be hard days until then? Sure. Will we mess up and make mistakes and sin again before then? Probably. But that's when we run to Jesus. We go right back to Jesus and ask Him for forgiveness and receive His help to follow and obey. Don't give up your faith, truth seekers. Jesus sees you. He loves you and he is there with you. Great job, truth seekers. Now that we have thought about all of the truths of these verses and what they mean to us, we are ready to pray. So if you did not know what to pray about before, now you have many things you can pray about to God. I'm going to pray and you can listen for all the ways I pray the Bible. Dear Jesus, right now we declare that you are God. You are not just a man who lived and died, but you are the Son of God, come to save the world. You lived, you died, and you rose again. You were God in flesh living among us. You came to die in our place so that we might be made holy. Thank you that we are no longer alienated from God, but that through our faith in you, we can now come to God day or night and talk with him and know him and be loved by him. Jesus, you truly are our Savior and King. We worship you and will thank you for the rest of our days. Help us to hold fast to our faith. Give us more faith to keep believing in you and trusting what the Bible says. 
Let us not be easily deceived by false teachers, but help us to know what the Bible says and hold to it and obey it. We love and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Truth Seekers, it's your turn. I encourage you to take time this week to use these verses to help you when you pray to God. He is right there with you, and he can't wait for you to start talking to him. Thank you for joining me today as we prayed the Bible. I'll talk to you soon.